This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock. Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest. Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go, www.rockabilia.com.
It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. No Metal Sucks Podcast, everybody. Hey, it's your host, Petter Speich. I'm always joined by Brandon Hahn and no Jocelyn Sharp. Jocelyn Sharp has the bubonic plague. Dude, I don't, I don't know, know what's going on with Jaws, but she's been really, really sick. So everybody, send her well wishes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, however. Just be like, get better, Jaws, because yeah, she her, is... Mail her soup. Just no, no, no. Mail We're her not soup giving out her address. Across, Don't be a crazy person. Across the pond, if you live in England, go ahead and mail her some soup. That will go a long way. So uh, this week, guys, uh, uh, interview I'm very excited about. We have John- Jonathan Holtian, guitarist of Tribulation. We will be talking about their latest record, World Down, which is out January 26th. Um, and they are currently on tour with... Uh, Arch Enemy out there in Europe, so make sure you guys do check out tour dates. But as you know, with the opener, um, we played Metropolis because uh, the trio that uh, is Motorhead, the birth of Motorhead, has now all passed away. Their last words on tape, everything is now just archived because uh, we lost Fast Eddie this week. Um, Not the only death this week, but we'll touch into the second one, um, of pneumonia at the age of 67. Um, what can you really say about uh, Motorhead's legacy without that original trio? Can you say they would even have one? We wouldn't even have a show. I think exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like there would be no Metal Sucks show. There'd be. I don't. I don't know what would. Like where would where would music be without them though? Um, without the, the attitude, without the speed, without without Lemmy's voice. I mean, yeah. like where would where would that be? Where would we be? Dude, it would be a different, uh, uh, less happy place for me. That's for sure. Um, the those, music would sound happier. And those records, like Overkill, Ace, I know Ace of Spades is the one that we always everybody talks about. O- Overkill and Bomber are phenomenal to me. I loved Iron Fist, you know, and I know that Lemmy and I think I, I believe Fast Eddie produced Iron Fist, and that's where a, a big falling out happened before he left the band right after that. But one of the best live records out there um, in the metal universe is definitely No Sleep Till Hammersmith. So. Everything that he recorded with this band in that five year, five or six years time period he was with them, um, really defined our genre. It is like if there's anything that you can. Well, I mean, I can't really say now. When you say our genre, I mean it's. I like, don't want to say. Actually, you're right. The genre of rock metal, pretty much yeah. everything. You know, but the attitude you were talking about. I all think that I know. Stuff, what you're, I think yeah. what you're saying is, is they were Motorhead was like the seedling. For what metal is today, like you mm-hmm. needed Motorhead to break through and have that success, and have all these other bands see that and then build off that, and then the and then generations later, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the music just kept changing as the generations yeah, I, I, moved on. The biggest bands out there, Metallica has covered Motorhead. Everybody has uh, Mo- of this era. Metallica says flat out that Motorhead was their yeah. was their number one inspiration. And this is also for me, and I could be wrong. Um, where the this is the first band that is extremely important to metal to rock to all that stuff where the original guys are all gone. Um, I know I remember the Ramones. Obviously, that's punk. I'm, I know they all kind of slipped away. All the original members of that band. But as far as like um, any other band that was like so important to have the all the guys not be with us anymore. Can you think of anybody else? I mean, this is the first outside one I can think of Motorhead. Of. I mean, when you're thinking about bands that really laid the foundation for what our genre of music is today. I mean, obviously, you got to throw in Black Sabbath. 
they're they're still with us for now. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, I don't, that's another thought. Tony Iommi's, like. I mean, Tony Tony Iommi's pretty. I mean, he's he's. I, I don't think it's not like it's returned, but mm-hmm. he's in remission right now. But that's another thought, though. Is it's that kind of like, like you're thinking? You, you're, I mean, it's yeah. like you, these guys are now at the age where, first off, that hard living they did through the seventies and the eighties and mm-hmm. the nineties. You know, when, and in the 90s, they were probably, what, in their 40s, still doing lines of coke out of assholes. I mean, who the hell knows? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, but, but I mean, it's like, like I got to I see you're saying an ass crack. An ass crack. Okay, because yeah. out of an asshole, it just seemed. Right, of course. Sorry, it seemed like that was a dead body full of coke, and that's gross. <laughs> that's where my mind went. It's not Maria full of grace, dude. Okay. <laughs> wow, does anybody get that reference? I got it. It's a great movie if nobody saw that one. But anyway, but I'm just saying it's like when you would you couple that and especially too, I mean, it was well documented that Lemmy was just constantly just blasting his body with Jack and cigarettes, Jack and cigarettes. And and, and the other boys in uh, Motorhead probably live the same. Lifestyle. Exactly. It, it is. It is not just a, a lifestyle by that. And and so but as we're talking about, we lost, you know, Malcolm Young a while ago. And that's that was probably the next band. So I was like outside of outside of. You know, Megadeth and I mean not Megadeth, but outside of Motorhead and Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. th- those are pretty much like Motorhead, ACDC, Black Sabbath, and ACDC. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying. So like you would add that, and then you might want to add in. I mean, if you really want to get into it, you might want to add in Zeppelin. But I can't really. I I don't feel comfortable putting Zeppelin in that metal category. No, they're, even they're, though even though lots of metal bands listen to them and were inspired by them, yes. I can't put them in that yes. metal. Category. No, I think I think all the great rock bands of that era, the, the Floyd, the Zeppelin, they're on the, they're on that echelon, but they're not. They're arguably not metal. I know what you're saying. So we've lost the entire the, the trio. Um, both Phil Campbell and Mickey D. Uh, both, you know, sent out their condolences after he left. And that's the motorhead of my era, obviously. You know, growing up, those are the guys that have always been in the band since I was I was uh, into it. So, um, but, I mean, the legacy of Motorhead will probably be on the airwaves oh, for eternity. You'll see, you'll see 20-year-old kids getting mo- Motorhead tattoos in 20 years. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, just just like you saw, just like you saw people doing it with the Ramones. I mean, and the plus too, there is that extra factor where it's like they're gone, they're gone, they're no longer with us. Mm-hmm. You know, that obviously will add something to you know the love affair we have with these bands. And the story, yeah, the story of the original Motorhead is officially over. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that uh you know is just it's it's kind of a weight, you know. It is. I mean, it's a weight, but at the same time, I mean, hey, look, man. They yeah. live their life the way they wanted to. Hey, there's also a joy to it. I know, man. There's, there's a, like the, what they did and what they accomplished uh, for music is, uh, is untouchable. Anybody that goes down the Motorhead rabbit hole will always find what I think we all did. And especially when Motorhead came onto the scene, there wasn't a scene Mm-mm. meant for Motorhead. No. They had to crowbar their way in. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at it that way, too. I mean, like when you look at all these bands... Like, you know, 16, 17-year-old musicians, mm-hmm. right, that just get into it now, and let's just say they want to be a part of a thrash metal band. Well, there's already a scene for that. Yeah. Motorhead didn't have that. No. They did not have that. They didn't have anything close to that. So where the, how the hell – that's another question, too, you have to ask. It's like, how did a band that was so not like everyone else still manage to catch enough ears during that time with no internet, with no radio play – you know what I mean? Like, Attitude, how did they do it? Style, and they knew their limitations, and they just did what they knew they can do well. That's yeah. what makes every great band. I'm confident. I want to do this. I like Lemmy knows his voice. He's not going to be on the the 
new wave of British heavy metal. You know, he, he, he knows where he's at, even though people can lump him into that category. And what they did is like, this is what we want. This is what we need to present. And they, they did it, man. And that's, uh, I mean, kudos to that. Every great band did, did that, you know. So um, Fast Eddie Clark, dead at age 67. Um, we're going to move on. But uh, listen to Motor, listen to Motorhead, guys. Go back. Listen to some Overkill. Definitely. I've been listening to Overkill all week. That's why I picked Metropolis as a song. I really like what Fast Eddie does on the guitar on that song. It was between that and Overkill for me. So. Um, moving on to more sad news, even, uh, to me, I don't, I don't want to say it's even sadder news, but the death of, uh, Baby Moa guitarist, uh, Mikio Kogami Fujioko, Fujioko, Fujiako, sorry. Um, he died at the age of 36, very young man, uh, fell off an observation deck. That's all the details we have. Um, an amazing guitar player without a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, and, uh. I mean, look, baby metal is questionable. That's not our thing. We know, you but know, that's, that's his But point. at the same time, man, we're, we're talking about a 36-year-old dude that yeah. had something. It was accidental. I mean. We don't know. Yeah. The details don't really, they, they, didn't, they didn't really come out too well if it was accidental or, or anything like that. But uh, that's what we're assuming. Right. You know, and, and with that assumption, it's, the fact is, is that it's just a, a true tragedy. Um, and um, I don't know. Like, the way baby metal is formatted, his work like I said, their popularity and his work will always be, you know, heard well, that's the and one seen, thing be- but, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, I, you know, it's it's more of a... The, the backing band is important, but it's not... That's the one thing with baby metal. Like, when yeah. you listen to baby metal, the metal is good. It's the fact it's that they have these yeah. young 14-year-old girls mm. that sound like young 14-year-old girls that dress in schoolgirl outfits. I mean, it's like, that's the part where you're like, what the fuck? But the metal yeah. was good. So let's just focus on that. Yeah. 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 So, and uh, tragic, like I said, 36 years old, we're older than that. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, I can't imagine, like, if this was it uh, on any level, like, what it would do to my friends and my family, especially you. Mm. And it would crush me if something happened. But Oh, uh, really? Yeah. If I died, you'd be bummed? Oh, bro. Aww. I'd be so bummed. I'd, I'd be so bummed. Dude, I feel, that makes me feel good. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. You know? Like, sometimes I don't know if you care. No. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, sometimes I, hey. I, I sit there and I think that you secretly wish that I would just be like, oh, please walk into traffic. That's, 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 I take you for granted. Like everybody takes everybody for granted until they're gone. There you, you know go. what I'm saying? And, uh, I apologize for that live on tape. Oh, wow. Right now. Before I die? Before you die. <laughs> so if you do, and we have to do like a memorial show, <laughs> I'm going to find this I'm episode. Gonna, and be I like, already let him know. Pete said this. Exactly. Pete said it. I let him know before he died. So everything's cool. So, uh. Anyways, like I said, to uh, Kogami and his family and everybody out there, we, we send condolences. And uh, the whole Baby Metal camp, regardless of our opinion on the band or whatever it is. Um, you that, know, I just said, saddest. the metal was good. That guy yeah. did his job. Yeah, he truly did. So moving on to, the, to another story in the news today, which um, or this week, guys. Behemoth frontman Nurgle, who, uh, man, he's just, I, I, I love the he's guy. He's a right? lightning rod for controversy. Yes, yeah, so... Um, he he's is, like he's like the Polish Kanye West, wow! In a way, you know, he was like on their Voice. He was in the Voice on. I think the Voice. Was he? Yeah, he was like a, a, one of the judges. No, I swear. I, okay, uh, I'll have to look it up. Maybe it wasn't the Voice, but it was some version of something like that. Maybe it was an Air American Idol, but he was on that show. And I know he like you know, so his popularity out there is huge. But he's going to be get becoming fifteen times more popular now because <laughs> the uh, the Polish authority they. Um, he, they created a, Behemoth created a, sh- a shirt in, uh, oct- I want to say it was last October, 
and it disrespects the white eagle, which is found on the national coat of arms of Poland. So the Polish government uh, can legally go after him for disrespecting the white eagle on the coat of arms for the country. Sounds odd. Because yeah. we're in America, right? right? Sounds like really you can't disrespect, but there are there are sanct uh, there are there are things that are sacred in certain places that you can't mess with. So yeah, in America, nothing is sacred apparently. And Nurgle is like, you know what? I know that's sacred. Let me fuck with it, right? Because that's going to sell me a ton of records, and the government knows that too. Right? They have to know that, right? Yeah. So so that is this what Nurgle's doing is what rock and roll is all about in metal. From when we were kids, it doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't out here happen anymore because because, because hip hop came out and they just started killing people. Right, right? exactly. So metal's where not going to take it where there. Where do you top? Like, all right, fine. Marilyn Manson went out there and burned a Bible, and he wore a fishnet g-string that he always pulled to the side and flash his asshole. Like, okay, hey, that was shocking when I saw it. Yeah, but Tupac but and it, Notorious B.I.G. Exactly, are dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're <laughs> dead now. Like, and the thing is, though, is like there are still rappers that go out there. It's like. Uh, and their and their crews, they still let some slip on occasion. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, and it barely makes headlines. It's like, oh, there was that, a, yeah, it doesn't even matter anymore yeah. out here. Yeah, they're just like, oh, you know, there were shots fired, but uh, no one was hurt, so carry on. Like, yeah. why is that? Shots fired should matter, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, shots fired should seriously fucking matter, but they don't. You know, and it's like it's, the only thing that matters is if somebody died. And sometimes people do get hit, but it's like, oh, it was just, it was just, you know, Lil Uzi's bodyguards. Who gives a shit about that guy? You know what I mean? It's like it's insane. But you know, but now the shock, the shock factor here in America for metal, it's, I don't know, it, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Like, like people listen to metal now. This is gonna sound weird. People listen to metal now for the music, not for the shock value like before. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people. I'm not saying I wasn't always. No, listening no, I see. For the music. I know. I know what you mean. Like it. It sounds derogatory, but I know what you mean. Right. Like, like something dangerous. Exactly. Even if it wasn't good, was really, really interesting. But when it was good, it was like even better. That's what right? I'm saying. Yeah. Now the music is good, yeah. but there's no danger to it now. Yeah, I, I know what you're so saying. So Nurgle. Man. Shoot someone. No, no, don't. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nur Nurgle, you keep doing what you're doing in Poland, man, and, yeah. and uh, keep keep making our music dangerous for uh, some region yeah, of the yeah. world. First off, no one here in America is going to give a shit about the, like, the, the coat of arms. The, the coat of arms are just going to be like, what? Like, they're not going to understand. Like, Nurgle's going to be like, this is the shirt that made me public enemy number one in Poland. And people here in the States are going to be like, what? Okay, if what? if you haven't seen the shirt, it looks like an affliction shirt. It's a damn ugly shirt. Right. It's, it's real bad. <laughs> but you know what? It's getting controversy so uh it is that so moving on guys until our, our interview uh from jonathan here from tribulation is coming on in one second but oh i want to do a quick read but i want to share a story with you so me yeah for, for mm. with everybody so we're gonna i'm gonna do a quick read for uh metal blade records yes, i don't know why i just said me i'm the you. only one in the, the fucking in the room, room. Yeah. <laughs> i'm jo like me is it want to share with me jocelyn is not here but i actually this last thursday i had quite a great week of metal um i got to see fate's warning for the first time uh, in my lifetime, I never got to see him before. I'm a huge fan of that band. And I look over to the right of me, and sure enough, right next to me uh, is Brian Slagle. Right. And I didn't say nothing to him. And Owner just, and proprietor of Metal Blade Records. And, and uh, the guy, you know, the guys uh, uh, from Fate's Warning did. I don't know why he something. didn't say anything. Bro, I'm nervous. I can't just walk up and talk really? to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, huh? Dude, uh, here's the you thing. You would have like, said something? I would have just said, hey, man. Uh, uh, it was during their performance. Keep that in mind. Well, I also would have said to him, I'm like, look, you guys pay us to talk about your cool stuff. Well, my I'm not gonna. I, my I would never Pete. say that. My name's Pete with Metal Sucks. I'm a somebody. I would. I would just say, "Hey, I'm Pete. I'm a big fan." And that was it. I wouldn't even tell him nothing about that. I, well, I, see how I would do things. If there's somebody like that, I'm a big fan of. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would just look at him and go, "Hey, thanks." They don't even know what I'm thanking him for, but I'll be like, "Hey, 
Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Bye. It was a cool moment, though, because, I, I mean, Fate's Warning was just on fire. They were fantastic. And then, uh, you know, like I said, Slagle was there. So I got to see a Metal Blade staple for me, you know, with the owner there, like in the audience. So it was a really cool moment. And the next day I got the new COC record. And that is beyond awesome. But you know what else is beyond awesome, guys? You got to check this out. This February, Metal Blade Records will release Harm's Way's fourth full length. It's called Post Human. It's a devastation, devastating addition to the Metallic Hardcore Outfits catalog. The record is full of full-on heavy, aggressive blend of like 2011's Isolation and 2015's Excellent Rust. So you got to pre-order your copies now at MetalBlade.com/harmsway. Once again, MetalBlade.com/harmsway. And with that, guys, really, really excited about this interview that I got to talk to Jonathan here um, from Tribulation. New record is out. This January 26th, it is called World Down. Make sure you pre-order it, but here is my interview with Jonathan. Hey, everybody, it's Petter here, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Jonathan Holtian, guitarist of Tribulation. Um, we are here to talk about the new record, Down Below, which is coming out Friday, January 26th, out here in the States. How are you doing today, John? Very good, thank you. It's a pleasure to talk to you yes man i know it's a, I'm, I'm super excited about it now one thing i i, I did want to bring up about the new record before we talk about the music is the artwork now you do the mm-hmm. artwork for the the new record correct the cover art yes correct how uh, how what vision and how did you approach that was it after the music was written and demoed or did you kind of have images ahead of time actually originally we had uh a different idea of what we wanted to do with the album in terms of themes and how it would look like and how it would feel like. So we didn't really know from the start that we didn't have any idea at all that it would uh, turn out to, first of all, to be a red cover. Mm. We thought it would would be a blue cover. (laughs) (laughs) And then with something like that, when when you have a... And, and that's just how things are created, though. You know, you, you, you have mm. an idea and then the idea changes as as time goes. But how important was that artwork? Do you put a lot of time into it or is the image just kind of speak for itself when you're done with it? Uh, we, all, we actually talked about the artwork uh, pretty late into the process because we had just kept pushing it forward because we didn't really know what we wanted to, to do. And then we came to a point where we had to just okay let's let let's get this down and actually like look at what we are doing here and not just like keep recording and pretend we don't have to do it because we had to and <laughs> <laughs> so at that point we just looked at all the lyrics and listened to all the songs and uh, then uh, Adam came up with a, an idea of having a gargoyle on the cover. He made a um, first sketch of this idea, then I uh, made an interpretation of that idea. And uh, yeah, from there, this cover came to be, basically. Excellent. No, I love it. That was the first thing I saw when uh, I got the promo copy. I'm like, I... But I like the artwork for all the records. You know, the last oh. the last record, uh, The Children of the Night, same thing, just this fantastic image on the cover. Um, and you are following up that record. And we in the metal community have embraced it um, just a lot. Mm. You know, a lot of best of lists, all that stuff. Any pressures when you have that kind of, uh, kind of acclaim to follow it up? 
that you felt on this record? Um, I wouldn't say there was any of, of, of that pressure in that way that we felt like we had to like make a similar record uh, and that it would be better. We, in the end, we, that's basically impossible, I think, at least for us. We just have to do whatever it is we have to do, and we can't do anything else but put out what we have inside of ourselves. So it's it's either that or nothing, because doing something else would mean that we wouldn't be true to our creativity, I think. But between the records, you did release a, a solo EP. It was called The Dark Nights of the Souls. Um, those songs are different, obviously, than the Tribulation stuff. Um, yeah. When you're well, it's still I, the video was dark. The the songs, the images were equally as dark. But when you were creating like that EP prior to the new record, were the, those songs just things from the past, or were you like you had to get this out before moving on to the next record? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, those songs, or at least two of those songs, have been around for I don't know, almost. 10 years now, eight years, six years, uh, around there, I don't know. Um, but they have been a part, that, that style of writing music has been a part of everything I've done musically. A lot of the lyrics and the songs uh, I've made for the metal bands I've been in have originally been uh, acoustic um, singer-songwriter songs. And the ones that had that uh, fire in them and had the lyrical uh, themes and the ways they were formulated when uh, those songs were taken into um, into becoming tribulation songs basically and that would for example be the case of winds from uh, the children of the night and strange gateway beckons and so on so that pretty much you just write songs um, and then you mm. see if if you're happy with them, you see which format works best. So to, for to release them, is that is that kind of how it works? Or it depends on the song as well. No, I understood, man. I understood. So uh, yeah. one thing I did want to touch base on um, when you were in the states last time in America, um, you did break your ribs uh, two shows yes. in in Los <laughs> Angeles. So uh, the tour just started. Uh, you guys, it was a headlining tour, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Mm, it's it's correct. Yes. Yeah. So how did that occur? Well, fortunately, it was the last song of the set, so um, I could at least continue playing for the rest of the of the show. Uh, but it happened when I don't know. I think I was doing some crazy stunt, jumping from somewhere, and then I just lost my balance and fell onto the edge of the. Stage with my ribs first so I just fell out in the crowd and did yeah, you know um, right away when you hit that <laughs> your ribs are broken oh yes uh, I have never <laughs> I haven't broken anything before but yes you know immediately you feel and you hear in your body that well something just went to pieces <laughs> yes there's a crack in like inside your skull yeah. I know what you're saying yes um, yeah and then, and then the panic in the blood because your body reacts weird. You know, it's got that like something's broken. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. Um, it just seizes up on you. Yeah. And I was so confused. Yeah. And, and so you finished that set and then you went to the hospital, I'm assuming right away. 
in Los Angeles. Yeah. And then at what point did you decide? Because this was only two shows into the tour. So you still had, I don't know how long the tour was, but I, I was like, it was three weeks or four weeks, something like that. Right? <laughs> it was, I think it was only maybe three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks, right? About, and, and then, uh, uh, so you're in the hospital bed. When did you decide, hey, I'm going to continue on no matter what and figure out how to keep playing these songs with broken ribs? Um, well, that was very unclear until um, we actually had to, well, until stage time was approaching the, the day after. And I realized that, okay, I'm, I can stand, so I have no excuse. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So what was, in, but can you describe maybe what it's like to perform even with like, I would think now I, I could be wrong, but even with like the amps and the sounds, I would imagine that would be hurting you just reverbing around you. Um, but mm. what's it like is, are you, were you just completely stationary and you were like, I don't want to re-injure myself. Cause that would be my fear is that if I bumped into something, oh, yeah. I'd re-injure myself immediately. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so how did you approach that? Um, performing wise, because normally you're all over the stage, you know, you're doing spin moves, you're, you've got a lot of energy, uh, timed energy going on. So I, I imagine, I didn't see you with the broken ribs, but I imagine that you, you would just kind of look subdued. Yeah, I, th I guess I looked sort of, um, immobile, immobile and, um, subdued for sure. Uh, I don't know, but I kept doing the best I could. And I think that was a pretty, it was an interesting ex experiment and experience for sure, because I had to make the most out of it without hurting myself and without doing certain moves. I had to sort of work your sort of work around it and finding new ways of expressing myself. So that was, um, actually, I think that was a really helpful tool in the end and were to you be able to, were you touring in a van or like a bus? In a bandwagon. It's like, oh. um, yeah. Have you seen one of those? Yes. It's like, yeah. Uh, have you toured in one of those? No, I haven't toured in one. No, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. You still got a TV in the bandwagon though. You got like, there's little, little amenities, correct? Or am I thinking the wrong thing? Like I'm thinking like a sprinter, like a sprinter. I think that's a van. So maybe I don't know a bandwagon. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think it's the biggest you can get with a car and still drive it with a regular license. Gotcha. So okay. it's, it's not not quite uh, like a bus, but it's almost a bus somehow. And how was that touring wise with the broken ribs? Like, can you get comfortable in that, or were you just sitting in one position and that was fine? Oh uh, well, sleeping was the worst oh, I can imagine. for sure. Yeah, yeah, but actually, playing was maybe the time that I felt best. I think because I didn't think about the the injury injury except for when it hurt, of course, but. Then you're you're so so full of adrenaline anyway, so sort of just go with it, work around it. I I mean I I when I heard it because I knew if it, if it was a uh, just just going cross country like not even cross country just going from state to state uh, for me imagining with a broken rib would be mm. extremely challenging. But you went cross country and all that stuff. So I was I, would you do it again the same way or do you think next time you'd be like all right we're going to have to cancel and come back? Uh no, I think I would still do it. Nice. Um, that's, that's what we like to hear. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. So uh now tribulation, I mean, you guys have brought something fresh and new to the metal scene. Something that is it's we're always looking for and when we get it, we just can't stop talking about it. 
Um, but with that, everybody's going to try to label your sound and put your band in a category. Um, right. how does, how does that make you feel when, when you see people trying to put your band in a sound or a category based on your look or even, you know, certain ways mm. the guitars are tuned and all that stuff. Uh, does that, does that ever wow. somewhat discouraging to you? No, uh, not at all. Actually, I think that could actually, in the end, it's just a tool and of orientation yes. for for you to just to def, sort of define, understand what it is you are seeing, and it, that goes for every type of music there is. And there is a need to categorize, and I can understand. I, I mean, I have that too, um, obviously. So, but I don't necessarily feel that it's necessary, or I don't feel that tribulation it's not important for tribulation to be labeled mm -hmm. uh, not for us personally and maybe not maybe it's not even necessary to to be so focused on it upon it uh, on it um, generally but when when a label happens uh to a band like you said it's there's a big benefit because people will be like oh i like this or i like that um and then they'll give your band a chance but um I guess the negative aspect of it is that it can do the opposite, you know, where mm. someone's like, I don't like black metal. And then, oh. no, no, but you'll like this band, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And then that's where I always wonder about it. I'm like, well, no, like tribulation has been labeled black metal, but you're not going to mix up tribulation with like mayhem type of thing, but people will, you know, lump you guys. Mm. Um, and that's kind of where I've always been. Cause especially these days where, where it, I like it if something's labeled metal, or rock. I like that because then I can see where it's at. But the, the subgenres seem to either um, turn people away or mm. I guess make them, I don't know. I, I've always, it's a tough question, I guess. So anyways, though, but with you yeah, guys, yeah. Uh, visually though, um, I always, I, I'm assuming there, but I, I assume that like horror movies kind of inspire you guys. When I see the latest video of the lament, I mean, there's a story mm. there. There's a lot of the visuals that I I relate to in classic horror. Um, right. Is that fair to say? Or uh, it's always been a part of the band. I think um, even from the start, the the type of movies we were really into uh, back then were seventies um, Italian Dario Argento. Yeah. 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 Zombies. Nice. <laughs> That's where it started. The classic horror. That's that's what I call Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And are you inspired at all by modern day horror? Because uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of horror. You know, same thing. Same yeah, 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 Like everybody, but like modern day horror has has been um, relegated to PG thirteen. You know, handheld camera type movies, and not mm -hmm. all of it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like there's gems. Yeah, like yeah. It follows and other things out there. Don't get me wrong. The witch was amazing, but the point was is that. Um, the classic horror just seems to keep inspiring. Mm. But um, are you inspired at all by modern day horror movies? Is there anything out there that you guys look at and you're like, wow, that's something new and different? Or is it kind of just more the classics? Well, as you said about the genres mm. and music earlier, I think it's the same case here. Yeah. We, it's, it's more about the, the atmosphere or the feeling you get from a certain, let's say a movie, or it could be a like an artist as well that you don't necessarily feel identified or like usually, but there's this feeling there that that, that artist or that movie just uh, manages to pinpoint or just like, well, that's spot on. That's exactly 
what I want to express and how I feel. So it, the inspiration that we are feeling identified with are, can be found anywhere, found anywhere. And I think it's not necessarily only in horror or metal or it could literally be anything. Yeah, it depends on you. The person that's yeah. taking it in. Yeah, I'm completely with you. Anything can hit you at the right moment if you're ready for it. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the one thing that I, I love about it is that when you're ready to listen, even to a human being, you know? Oh, um, yes, you yes. Know, um, you can get something out of it. But the, that's the hard Absolutely. part is us, like being yeah. ready for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's, that's, um, that's, people have said things to me. And I've completely ignored mm. it. And then someone has said it to me at a different time, the exact same words probably. And it's changed be like, my life. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of how films very are. true. But one thing about yeah. film that I, I always love bringing up, and this is why the classics are, and I hate feeling like the old guy that says things like this, but um, directors and, and cinematographers and all those things that are, you know, mm. more computer-based now. Um, yeah. There was a time where they grew up learning you know silent films and i feel music videos in a way um still have that format and in silent films you have to tell the story without using words Mm. so your shots are going to be um the world is completely created you know visually from shots and the story needs to move forward and like something like when i was watching the lament and i felt that i'm like all right well they're telling the story you know um how it's going through but they're using that technique. Is mm. that important to you um, when you're watching it, or is it more important that it's visually engaging, like most a lot of films these days? Um, both parts. Both. I think both parts are important, and I think also that the the format of music videos and videos overall, or maybe movies even, mm-hmm. are basically the the ultimate way of experiencing Pressing art, maybe I would even go as far as saying that because it contains all the elements. It's it's visual, it's in motion, and um, there's audio, there's music, and there are so many possibilities. And it's a very rewarding way of presenting yourself as a band. Yeah, and there's and there's truth in in art, and that's why I think art art always survives. Is that we like I said, I don't want to say, oh, this is reality, but it presents a world. It gives you limitations. It's our inner. Exactly. It's our inner reality. Yeah. And then it, exactly. Every, every great filmmaker, every great artist, like I always feel, whether it's the lyrics are in fantasy or whatever, they are expressing their truth. They're expressing fetishes that they relate to, mm. things that they desire, all those things, you know? And um, yeah, that's a... Uh, but a lot of times now I feel like there is a, a style, a visual style that's almost overwhelming or more compelling that it's harder mm. to find truth in art sometimes. Do you agree with that statement or am I just being an old dude? Um, could you give me an example? Like, do you, do you think it's the movies nowadays or like the modern I guess, way of... Yeah, a good example would be, yeah. let's, let's take like the Marvel Universe of movies. You know, um, in essence, they're cartoons. I know that I'm not saying that they're different than something like Toy Story, uh, same elements and all Mm. that stuff. But um, is there truth to be found in those or is there just style for our Mm. eyes and and, and taking us away from things, you know? 
Oh, like uh, just entertainment or yeah. distraction or just um, eye candy. Exactly. I, I do feel distraction is like the perfect world. It distracts you from certain things, and it's important to be entertained. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything negative about that. Mm. But in the form of art, um, when that overwhelms everything, and that's what's wanted more, is the distraction instead of the uh, truth. Oh. Um, yeah. Do you think that society mimics that? Because entertainment is, I think, as important as anything for um, a day-to-day, you know, visual of the world. You know, how we see things, how we take things in, you know, because TVs are uh, Mm. primarily, you know, on all the time or music, right? For sure, Mm. yeah. So do you think, I guess that's the question would be, do you think society, the, the art of the time, the popular art of the time, does that tell you how the society is? Oh, yeah, I certainly, um. That <laughs> the way people, the way you are doing things, or that the way um, movies are made, are certainly a reflection or an expression of of our processed reality. Of it's our uh, exactly. processing of what we have been through and what we're thinking and so on. So for sure, it's a reflection. But I also think that uh, the the beauty or like the the eye-catching, the, the eye-candy, the things that are appealing to the eye are they can also be a way in. It can also be a good distraction. It could draw you in, and then it could, could open you up for, for example, a very interesting story or a great message or some deep philosophical reflection. I don't know. Yeah. Some, a lot of things. So it could also be not just a bad thing it could be something good i agree i think yeah and as an artist do you do you um always think of that as an outcome or is it just more um i don't know uh is it is it just a a more personal kind of take on things or do you consider the audience and the listener and be like this is what we're trying to show is this positive outcome of this world or, or you know any kind of message that's coming through you guys do you guys think about that for me? I could answer it by I'm when we when we're speaking about beauty I'm uh, what comes to mind is a quote I once heard um, I listened to um, a talk by Terence McKenna where he quoted Plato and there he said or Plato said truth justice and beauty that are the three virtues that are worth pursuing in life or like, are the things that you are supposed to pursue in life? And then he said, um, "Well, here's justice. Mm, it's it's pretty hard to um, to approach, right? There are so many types of justices and ways of looking at things, and so many angles to everything. So it's pretty hard to pursue in your life. Also, let's say, of course, the other one, um, justice, the yeah, truth, yeah." That's that's also a hard one, right? It's like <laughs> so many truths, uh, as there are people in in one way of looking at it for sure. But yeah. think beauty, beauty. That's it's pretty straightforward. Yes. It's it's easier. It's like go straight into your body, into your system. So pursue that. <laughs> exactly. No, no, that's a great example. It's a great example. Truth, justice, and beauty are all in the eye of the individual beholder. You know, like yeah. we all see it differently. Yet, yeah. amazingly, I think in every part of the world, we are all generalized in different 
aspects of uh, like men, women, this, that, like we're generalized, you know, as in we're all mm. the same. But everything's a case by case basis and everything is an individual's take on what they see and how they are and, and all that stuff. And it's so, I think that's what's so frustrating with so many people is that they want it to be so black and white when it's all, it's all gray. And their tr- yeah. truth is, I mean, like I said, mathematical truth, I always thought was easy to find, like two plus two equals four, I get that. But like actual truth in life um, and actual justice in life, you know, I don't know if those things can be found. But beauty, you're, like you said, it, it stops you in your tracks, whether you hear yeah. it, whether you see it, all those things. And to focus or spend your life trying to embrace that and create that is a yeah. life that you can say at the end of the day is not wasted. So that's, that's a beautiful analogy. I'm really, I really liked what you said there. Um, that's cool, Great. man. So, uh, but we should talk about music, right? So let me, let me, uh, let me move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you were about to tour Europe with Arch Enemy. Um, yes. Arch Enemy just, mm, what a, what a fantastic band all the way through. And, uh, now I always wonder about bands when they're, when they're supporting a, a main headlining gig or a main headliner like Arch Enemy. Do, do you, uh, does your set list, um, does it influence your set list knowing, hey, we're playing for Arch Enemy's main crowd? Or do you just do the same set list you would normally do? Mm, I think the thing that um, influences our set list the most is the, um, the playing time, mm. actually. So we're, I think we're, most, we're more focused on our parts like are the things that we are going to perform so we know i don't think i would wouldn't say that we are really like oh this is um let's adapt to this crowd it's more like let's show them is this crowd what we are let's the crowd um tune into tribulation rather than the opposite i think that's every great band i think has that exact attitude so what audience <laughs> and which country um is the hardest to win over for you guys Hmm. I think in every country there's, I dare to say that there's uh, a way of uh, being an audience. Like if you are giving a lot of response, if you're very responsive or if you're applauding a lot or if you're like showing your emotions or if you're just standing there, standing still and looking angry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, if you look at it that way, I would say that... Uh, more north you go further up you go in europe the harder it is to uh, to get people into it but it is it's a little tough to win over sure. the swedish crowd you think i would say so yeah mm. but, but but i think but also i also think that maybe you are not exp- you're it's not custom here to express yourself as much as you i don't know would do elsewhere it's p- people are more like um introverted in in their ways so on facebook yeah. you don't have people telling their life story uh on your facebook thread in sweden just that's just uh, I, I, i'm just generalizing okay. now <laughs> uh, but i would say that if i had to generalize yeah it there's uh, like the the common the mood or rather when you look out at the crowd it's it's not common that you see people headbanging or that you see people doing a mosh pit or things like that it's it's more standing with your arms crossed and uh, drinking beer. I mean, that's fine. I, I'm not saying that I'm uh, I'm, I'm different, actually. <laughs> but I would probably also... It's, it's not often that I get into it 
to that degree that I'm just go nuts. But uh, actually, I I should do that more because I that's what I love the most. I've, that's what I love doing on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I've actually I am that guy right now. I am the guy with the arms kind of folded, drinking the beer and kind of singing the songs. Yeah, and like in the back. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I don't want to get <laughs> sure. hit or you know. And um, but every now and then, like there's a show that comes to town, and I'm like, I'll never see this band. You mm. gotta be 20 year old you. You know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta do it. You know. And then I'll force myself yes. out. You know. Like I just did it for. I, I, who did I see? It was 1349. I'm like, all right, it was them and Goat Horror. And I'm like, I just got to go from oh. Goat Horror on. I just got to keep it going, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah. And I left and it was all said and done. And I was like, man, I, you know, I felt like I actually will remember that show forever because I mm. put myself in a situation, you know, to, to do that where other shows where I'm nervous and shy. And that's the thing. Social anxiety is just, it kind of hits us all. It's like when I'm nervous and shy, even though I love the band, um, and I don't see other people joining in, it's it's like, I won't start Mm. it. So I know what you're saying, man. It's like, I'm into every band when my arms are crossed with, I don't have a mean face though. I think I'm smiling. (laughs) I'll be honest. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm 90% sure I'm smiling. So, uh, with that, and I'll I'll just give you one last question because, uh, we didn't talk too much guys, but tribulations, new record down below, it's coming out Friday, January 26th. They are starting the arch enemy tour. It's going to start January 12th. And it rolls through Europe, so make sure you check that out, guys. Do not miss out. Do not forget to pre-order this record today. If you haven't got The Children of the Night, you better buy that one first and then jump into this one. But they're both must-own records because uh, I've, I've lived with Down Below now for a couple weeks, and i got to tell mm-hmm. you, it's uh, yeah, I, I completely like it. And then also, guys, go out there, check out The Dark Nights of Souls, the EP. Um, you know, look up the music video. I thought was really cool that you did, and um, that's Thank a solo you. release. So and uh, and you know, follow the follow it all. But um, the last question I want to ask you about down below is that when you record a record, when you put the you know artwork together and all that stuff, and the tour is about to happen, you know you're going to be out on the road for usually like about two year two years. What goals yes. do you have um, for that record, like on a on on a small scale, and where do you want to be when you're going to the studio the next time? Hmm. Well, uh, those questions are pretty. Yeah, they're they're concrete. It should be easy to answer. <laughs> yeah, we we wanted we want to um to tour the U.S. pretty soon. Nice. That's gonna happen for sure. And um, we also want to go to more places we haven't been before and keep exploring the world. And yeah, travel and meet people. Not break your ribs. Well, I can't. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what it is next time. I'm <laughs> up for anything. Uh, but if, when we enter the studio next time, um, I don't think it will be in Stockholm. And I don't think it, maybe it won't be in Sweden at all. And I don't really know if, hopefully a lot of things have changed. Because right now we can't really, It's this year has been very stressful, to be honest. Um with a lot of um, well the record needed to happen really promptly and we needed to get it down as uh, yeah. so was there fast, like uh, limitations or, or or like you had to do this stuff that that you had to you know there was pressure for it that you did not for enjoy, sure like? for sure we yeah we had a we had a deadline and we had written material but we hadn't even started rehearsed and for several reasons we we kept um, pushing that f- 
forward. So eventually, yeah, we just like, okay, we need to do this as quickly as possible and very focused. Um, and we were in a in a position where we had to be really creative um, and push things really hard to make them happen. But it was uh, it only made it come. Uh, more straight from the heart, so to speak. So it, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. I'll tell you right mm. now, if I learned anything from the conversation, if you're living for the beauty and that's uh, what your goal is, it's going to be fine because that is, that is the nurture of art in all senses. So um, Jonathan, man, a, yeah. I'm so sorry. I want to thank you, man, uh, so much for calling in and uh, you know talking to us. So um, are you excited? Pleasure is mine. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. You're very welcome, yeah. man. So and like one more time, I just want to tell everybody the new record, it is out down below. It's coming out Friday, January 26th, guys. So do not miss out. All right, man. Good luck with that tour with Arch Enemy. It's going to be awesome. Thank you very much.
The Metal Sucks Podcast. The first song you heard, both Tribulation tracks. The first one is uh, The World, and the second one is Lady Death. Both off the latest record, guys, uh, World Down, which is coming out January 26th. If you haven't heard this band or you don't dig those tunes, man, I'd be surprised. It's an amazing, amazing album. I've been living with it for a while now. So before we leave, I do want to quickly address something, guys. Uh, I want to make a quick correction. Last week when uh, us three were discussing the decapitated trial, we in error said on numerous occasions all charges were dismissed, which was not the case. Uh, they were dropped. Um, 
And I apologize for misreporting or saying anything that might have contributed to us making light of the matter or the truth in the victim's encounter. Uh, language is important when dealing with serious topics, and we presented it too freely. And in hindsight, uh, we feel that was not the correct way we should have handled it. So I uh, just want to get that out there just in case in any way um, you guys, when you were listening, it did kind of feel a little bit uh, inappropriate at all. So that's a serious matter, and we took it very we take it very seriously as well. So with that, guys, um, until next week, Metal, Metal Sucks Podcast, signing off. Bye-bye. Get better, Jaws. Yeah, please. Kick that plague. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. <laughs>